It's another Talk of the Town look at our federal election for the riding of Simcoe Gray. Joining us in the studio is the Liberal Party of Canada candidate, Lauren Kenny. Lauren, welcome to the studio. Thank you for being here. Thank you, John. My, my pleasure to be with you. Lauren, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you decided to seek your party's nomination to run for this office. I'd be happy to do that. First of all, I believe in service. Uh, I'm a Rotarian, and our motto is service above self. And I guess I bought the whole package because here I am at a, at a stage in life when I probably don't need to be doing this, finding myself driven uh, to take on the responsibilities of being the member of parliament and serving the people of my community and the surrounding communities. It's, it's a role that, that I feel I'm uniquely qualified to fill. I think I have the background, the education, uh, the experience, and the heart uh, to do a really, really good job representing the people of Simcoe Gray. Not your first time running for political office. You did run for the uh, Liberals in the provincial election. Mm-hmm. What was your experience there? Some would say, gee, I would have had enough of just doing that. I liken it to uh, running uphill into a snowstorm with people <laughs> taking pot shots at you. Uh, so, yes, I do recall it and recall it very, very well. Uh, I do say, however, that I gave Jim Wilson the best run that he'd had in a good 25 to 30 years in terms of the, uh, the vote outcome. I think there was maybe one other person who, was, who was, had a similar result to mine. Uh, this campaign, by contrast, feels like I'm running on straight and level ground on a clear day. There isn't the kind of built-in uh, resistance that goes with facing an incumbent, particularly one who's uh, everybody everybody thinks they know and everybody thinks they like. Um, this is this one is wide open. And with all due respect to her, uh, Kelly Leach has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths in terms of the quality of representation she provided. Uh, she is often seen as having used Simcoe Gray as a springboard for her own political ambition. And uh, I suppose there's a degree to which you could say the same about Helena Georges, who preceded her. So we've had 15 years of in my view, very indifferent representation. And that's why I say we need somebody whose ambition really is to serve the people of the riding. Uh, Doesn't plan on playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, doesn't plan on being the prime minister, uh, just has what it takes to do a really good job. Let's uh say, dive into Simcoe Gray. We had the opportunity to talk to many people who come through the studio. A lot of them are political officials and and government workers in other levels of government. So we've kind of came down to a few questions that are specific to what we think are on the minds of folks here in Simcoe Gray. The first one of those topics we want to get into is transportation. Mm -hmm. Our region is expanding Mm -hmm. Mm population-wise. It's quite a large area, too. It's enormous. And with Simcoe County just launching their new Lynx Transit service, uh, transportation has been on the top of many people's minds. What role do you see the federal government playing in helping people of this region to get around? 
there are a number of different roles, and and each of these kinds of issues uh, involves all levels of government. It's not it's not as though it's in, one can simply throw the issue over the transom and say, "Nah, provincial problem, not my not my problem." Uh, any problem that confronts the people of the community is actually the responsibility of every elected official uh, who purports to serve them. Uh, the federal role uh, is primarily uh, with respect to infrastructure and infrastructure funding. And there are some pretty obvious infrastructure requirements. Uh, one can think, for example, of how do we get around Collingwood? How do we uh, deal with the the issues that uh, Highway 26 going through through uh, Town of the Blue Mountains, Thornbury. Uh, how do we, we cope with the massive traffic flow that you see every morning and every evening back and forth between Collingwood and Barrie on, on Highway 26? Uh, there are similar kinds of issues in the southern part of the riding. And so I think there's, there's real scope for public transportation that connects with the GO system in Barrie. I, I, not sure exactly how you make that happen, but uh, and and I I just kind of cry a little bit every time I look at the right of way, the railroad that that runs between here and there, and think of the opportunity that's been missed, and sometimes wonder whether could that be resuscitated? Hmm. Uh, it's it's such a valuable piece of of transportation corridor, if you will, uh, one wonders. And, and I would love to see the federal government conduct a study to see whether there is some scope, either for a rail line or much improved bus service, uh, go buses, for example, which admittedly, again, that's a provincial matter, but uh, how do you deal with that? You deal with that through partnerships and collaboration with the, with the other levels of government. Um, in the longer haul, we have to move off of fossil fuel-based vehicles, and that's that's going to be a huge challenge as well. Like, how do we get to electric cars and and or uh, cars that are that are less polluting? Uh, whether or not we even have cars twenty years, thirty years from from now is a is a good question. There are other ways of doing things. This region is very strong, very supportive of the arts. Yes. What are your views on the federal government supporting the arts? What existing programs would you like to see continued and or expanded? What federal programs would you like to just get rid of or, or change drastically? First, I totally agree that the arts uh, is, is in fact an economic or has the potential to be a real economic driver for Simcoe Gray and particularly for the four municipalities in the north end of the riding, i.e. Blue, Collingwood, Wasaga, and Clearview. Uh, we really do need a performing arts center. And there's absolutely no reason why Collingwood, Clearview, Saga Beach, Blue, whatever we call that, South Georgian Bay, if you will, uh, ought not to be of the same caliber and nature as Stratford and Niagara-on-the-Lake, where we have identified some artist or author or playwright or 
whatever, and we've kind of built a little industry around him or her, the way Stratford has around Shakespeare and, and Niagara-on-the-Lake around Shaw. Uh, we, we have a history of uh, um, tribute artists. Um, we've had Elvis for how long and however long. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's that or whether it's Gilbert and Sullivan or uh, whatever, and it doesn't really matter per se. What matters is that we turned this area into into a destination uh, in the same fashion as, as Stratford is and Niagara-on-the-Lake is. And uh, uh, I pledge to do what I can to see that that occurs. Uh, there's there are federal programs that are intended for those. Per- there are so many pe- federal programs, John, that you never know which one uh, has the has. I was a federal public servant. We never know which some one has the, has the money up, in it. Some of the folks you're up against will say there's too many. Well, that, that, that I mean, that's always a, a a challenge to to make the case that government is less efficient than it ought to be. Uh, Having been in the public service for a number of years at both levels of government, uh, I, I often beg to differ. There are programs and there are programs and there are programs that, that public servants recommend be shut down and it happens. Uh, there are new programs that are required and public servants recommend that they be adopted and they are. Uh, I don't think anybody – in or out of the public service, in or out of government, has an interest in prolonging programs that have outlived their usefulness. And uh, um, there are reviews to be done, uh, studies to be taken, and so on to determine which uh, which have outlived their, their time. And uh, that happens. It's it's. Is it a, is it a perfect system? Is it is the can one honestly say? Oh, there's no money to be saved in the federal public service, or the it's an enormous organization. Of course, there is, but massive cuts to it without cutting muscle, no. We already talked about the increased population yes. of the area. Yes, and anyone who has spent any time here can look around and say, "There's a lot of development yes. going on in this area." But that being said, there's also people, environmental groups that would like to see some of the spaces that are being developed or are proposed to be developed protected. How do you balance the two? Well, to begin, you're absolutely right with your observation that the the size of the area is growing. In fact, Simcoe Gray is one of the three largest population ridings in the country. And we got a shock the other day when we found that the uh, electoral base uh, which was 97,000 people in 2015, is now something like 129,000. And we knew it was growing, uh, but to that degree, uh, wow. So, uh, yes, there is development. Uh, yes, uh, it, it does encroach to some degree on uh, the traditional... Uh, patterns of life, the, the small community sense that I grew up with in Collingwood. Uh, are, the, are the measures that, that have been taken to protect uh, certain sensitive areas like uh, Black Ash uh, Creek and, and so on, are they adequate? I think, they, I think the Nottawasaga Valley Conservation Authority and others 
are, are very deliberate and effective in making sure that development is, is confined to places where it makes sense to confine it, and that's where it ought to be. Uh, the, the provincial uh, initiative to, to intensify development is, is one that I totally support. I think we, we have, even within the bounds of, say, current Collingwood, we have lots and lots of developable, if that's a word, uh, land that could be turned into, into housing. And, and frankly, the more uh, we see ourselves moving into multi- multiple housing units like town housing and apartments and so on and so forth, um, I think that's, uh, that's the way of the future. Uh, we probably, as a society, need to begin asking the question, does it really make sense for every family to have a single family house? It, it's, it's our dream, and we have a right to have our dream, and the government is doing uh, a number of things that are important to, to enable people to purchase their first house or home. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it has to be uh, one building on one lot. It can be something other than that. But uh, uh, Collingwood has been designated for, uh, or the, the parts of the area have been designated by the province as areas for growth. Uh, I, I defer to, to that. I, I don't know that that's a matter which a federal member of parliament could could. Uh, attack. Uh, what about but, in terms of uh, some of the projects that are on hold or being stopped by some of the um, environmental groups from the MNR itself? Uh, would you see as as a, a potential MP stepping in to try and help some of these developers get these programs moving? Honestly, no. I do not see myself stepping in on the side of developers uh, to to get programs moving. I would be far more inclined to see myself aligning myself with with environmental groups to make sure that um, that developments are where they ought to be and that sensitive uh, sensitive land and, and marshes and so on and so forth are protected as they must be if we're to preserve our environment so one of the key critical issues in this election will be the environment and the kind of legacy that we leave behind for uh, your children, my grandchildren. And I uh, got into this whole thing largely on the strength of that. So absolutely. Uh, do I want to see that Collingwood, Blue, Wasaga, Clearview maintain their character and that they they become and remain the kinds of places one would wish to raise families? Absolutely. And does that mean pandering to developers? Well, I do not think so. Another big part of development of the area, especially with Collingwood, is entrepreneurship. Yes. We've been ranked as one of the top communities for small businesses to get their start yes. in the province, in the country. What do you like that the federal government is doing to support startups and small businesses? And what do you think can be improved? Um, there's lots to like. <laughs> uh, first of all, we have a desperate need in the northern part of the riding for new business activity that is idea-based, export-oriented, and inherently environmentally sustainable. And we have examples of them in, in, I'm thinking of things like switch video and sensor technology and companies like that. There's a, there's a whole group of them and they're, they're 
serving to change the focus of our economy from uh, tourism and serving the needs of a growing population of people who have migrated to the area from the GTA and Hamilton and other such places. So uh, the work of, of uh, Minister Navdeep Baines and the programs that, that are uh, intended to spur innovation are exactly the kinds of things that need to be fully brought to bear on the needs of the local economy. And that's what I want to do. That's, that's, I said I was in it for the environment. I'm also in it for this because that's what we do not have in the area, which is a lot of well-paying, career-oriented jobs such that people can think of themselves as purchasing a house, having a life, enjoying the, the, the benefits that go with being uh, a, a citizen of the country in this area. And um, um, I just think that that requires, again, a whole lot of focus, uh, a whole lot of collaboration and cooperation between all levels of government, and, uh, and of course, the, the private sector. So bring it on. Uh, I just think that's where our future lies. And, and uh, uh, the more of that we can generate, the better. The uh, base Borden in Angus yep. and next door to us, Meaford's uh, 4th Canadian Division Training Centre. Uh, there's a great deal of residents connected to the Canadian military in this riding. What are your thoughts on current military spending levels? How do you see the federal government supporting military families and veterans looking for financial aid? One issue that, that has, has always been at the forefront is what is Canada's role in the world? And it's changed, and it changes. And so the, the challenge is uh, building a military force that is appropriate for our role in the world and, and then outfitting it and staffing it and serving it, if you will, uh, with what it needs to do the job uh, is, in fact, the role that the federal government should play. So um, I, I think that there's, there's a lot that could be done to make it much more clear to our armed forces uh, what we as a society expect of them uh, in terms of their mission, not in terms of their individual performance, but in terms of uh, how they are an effective arm of Canada's foreign policy, an effective arm for projecting Canada in the world. And um, I think that leads to thoughts about, uh, first of all, peacekeeping, uh, in some instances, peacemaking. Uh, in other instances, uh, almost like a policing kind of role, which I suppose is slightly different from peacekeeping. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, when called upon to play a, a kind of last-ditch uh, service role when there are environmental disasters such as we've had recently with uh, in, in New Brunswick and places like that. But... Uh, uh, and, our, and our veterans, of course, I totally believe that they need to be fully protected and served as, as and recognized 
I had a long conversation with a gentleman from uh, in, who lives in Angus last night who uh, has, had served in the military in Kuwait and was most upset at the lack of recognition he had received. And it reminded me very much of the work our, uh, one of our former members of parliament did to, to, um, to have the merchant navy recognized as an arm of the service and to have the people who served in it recognized for what they had done. And I, I said to him, when I'm your member of parliament, I'll see that that happens. Uh, or <laughs> I'll do all that I can to see that it happens. Uh, no one can make a promise that, that uh, he can or she can achieve necessarily something that they set out to. But you can, uh, I can point to, the, to that previous example to say one single member of parliament can do a great deal to serve veterans uh, both here and, and elsewhere in the country. And uh, one of my sort of favorite things to do uh, is to do my uh, annual in Flanders Fields at uh, the Cenotaph on Remembrance Day. Uh, I, I, I do it. I do it joyfully. But I do it also uh, in recognition that uh, uh, I'm honoring um, not just veterans from the two world wars in Korea, but in fact, the more recent ones from from Kandahar and and uh, Bosnia Herzegovina and and, uh, and the other conflicts in which Canada has been involved over the years. So, uh, whatever is necessary for the well-being of our veterans is what we ought to be doing for them. We've spoken about it with several local politicians here in Collingwood in the town of the Blue Mountains with. Warden of Simcoe County, George Cornell, about our issue with a lack of attainable or affordable housing. And with that goes the fact that there are more people living on the streets in Simcoe and Gray Counties than many people realize. Absolutely. What role can and should the federal government play in supporting the construction of attainable housing? First, uh, let me say I totally agree that there are homeless people living on the streets of Collingwood. There are uh, youth living on the streets of Collingwood. A young man recently did a did a, a movie about it, and I was fortunate enough to be quoted in it saying that in Canada, everyone has the right to have a, a roof over his or her head. Uh, the federal government has adopted a national housing strategy with, and I'll be taking a shot here at the right number of billions of dollars. I believe it's $50 billion over 10 years, but please don't hold me to that precise number. I, I should know it, but uh, it's, it's, it's a number. It's a, it's a huge one, put it that way. It's enough to uh, make a difference in uh, the housing stock of, of Canada. Uh, I certainly think that that the county of Simcoe and in particular and and Gray County and the 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 municipalities that that make make them up uh, deserve full consideration for all of what what can be had from that from that program 
uh, or those programs. And the federal government has also announced a number of measures recently to uh, assist people to, to get their first-time house. Uh, I, I would like to find a way to to be of service to that new group that's forming called Out of the Cold. Uh, I, we have two we have two ways of looking at this. We can either uh, and we have to look at both. One is what do we do with the people who are in the jam of having no place to go right now, and the other is what do we do to get upstream and start dealing with the social and economic problems that that generate them. And it's a whole measure, a, a whole a whole panoply of things, and it includes mental health uh, expenditures. It's, it improves, it, it involves uh, measures to reduce poverty, which takes us into talking about things like the child tax credit and the effect it's had on reducing poverty in Canada. Uh, those, those are, if you will, you know, the, the upstream kinds of, of uh, measures that, that will dig into uh, the problem of poverty, which I suppose is... Uh, the sister of homelessness and uh, uh, and and mental money money to to enable improved mental health services, which is uh, <laughs> if poverty's the brother, then mental illness is the sister of, of or the the other brother of uh, uh, what leads to to homelessness and uh, uh, as I say, I don't think there's any reason why. In this, we don't have a we don't have a problem with the number of bedrooms in in Collingwood and Simcoe Gray. We have a, we have a problem with their distribution. Uh, there there's probably enough to go around for everybody if they were more equitably distributed. So we 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 have that we have that social issue of a of a widening gap between rich and poor, and that that's a concern. It, it has to be, and and how we we address that. Again, that goes back to some of the economic stuff. Uh, you need an economy that 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 is not such that we have people who live in unsatisfactory temporary housing during the summertime and then migrate to uninsulated cottages in cottage areas of the of the of the riding in the wintertime and drag their kids around from one to the next. Uh, it, it's it's. That's wrong. It's just plain wrong. We've got to deal with that. Um, I found it interesting that uh, the federal government uh, in the last uh, election campaigned on political reform and governance reform. And yet it's the Ontario PCs that are looking at it, certainly for this area, looking at a governance review and, and change. Where do you sit on on sort of federal reform? Mm-hmm. And what do you think about how this these communities could be changed radically with uh, what the provincial government is could potentially do? Well, let's deal with the with the, the federal one first. <laughs> uh, if anything, I'm I'm more comfortable with that because it's. Uh, um, I've always had a hard time in my mind uh, trying to figure out how you introduce proportional representation without destroying the principle of responsibility, without having it such that 
every citizen has a single member of parliament to whom he or she can address himself or herself. Uh, there are various and sundry suggestions about all of that, like make them bigger writings and have four or five members for, for, for that writing. Well, then who is my member of parliament? And one can say, well, you're not mine, you're somebody else's. Uh, or you end up with the kind of circumstance that we have in Collingwood, where every every member of council uh, has to deal with every pothole, and and as opposed to what we would have if we had a ward system. Uh, is that efficient? Well, uh, we can have a good argument about that. I tend to think not. But uh, um, as for what you're really asking me, John, is is should there be an amalgamation of the four municipalities into one? And uh, I, I sometimes wonder whether that's not a bad idea. However, it's never been studied uh, to my satisfaction that, that it would, in fact, bring real benefit. Um, one of the things there's – there's an organization called the Institute for South Georgian Bay, a group of citizens that uh, uh, is concerned about the, the area's economy and social well-being and environmental sustainability – and I've, I've often said to them that I think this is the, the kind of matter that, that they ought to take on. Um, perhaps there's some federal funding that could be found to, to enable that to occur. Because we honestly do not know whether uh, an amalgamation uh, would uh, result in improved services. There's the, the jury's still out on the, on the amalgamation that was done by the Harris government in Toronto. Uh, and and it's still out on whether the the forced reduction in the number of councillors in Toronto is 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 beneficial. Uh, people in Wasaga Beach are are firmly of the view that that a, an amalgamation would not be in their interests. Uh, the the data the 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 evidence is is unclear. And it, and if you're going to do something like that, it has to be done on the, on the evidence. Uh, I will say. Uh, having been involved in things like the United Way and other things like that, that the existence of that county line uh, between here and uh, town of the Blue, between Collingwood and town of the Blue Mountains, creates a ton of issues that I, I wish could get solved somehow because they just they just complicate life unnecessarily. People in town of the Blue Mountains regard themselves as part of the South Georgian Bay community and I mean they come to the hospital here and so on um, they just see themselves as as part of you know where well people ask the question where do you go skiing I go skiing in Collingwood well there's no ski hill in Collingwood the ski hills down of the Blue Mountains uh, so it's it's one of those things that um, certain institutions like the police for example have recognized that the boundaries of the community uh, are the are the perimeters of of those four municipalities, um, and and so f- and for that and for other kinds of service, how many other organizations call themselves uh, this or that of the other of South Georgian Bay in recognition of the fact that we are a community? Is it time for the municipal governance structure to to uh, reflect that? Well, again, as I say. Bring on the evidence, and I would cheerfully uh, then offer you a black and white opinion. But I don't think it's fair uh, or reasonable to to do so in the absence of that. 
Lauren, how should people follow your campaign? How should they reach out to you if they have further questions? Our website is uh, easy. It's laurenkenny.ca. Uh, actually, it takes you to uh, laurenkenny.liberal.ca, but, but laurenkenny.ca will get you there. Uh, we have uh, two offices in the riding. One is at 21 here Ontario Street. Uh, that's the one probably most relevant for, for your listening audience. There's another in Alliston. Uh, heck, uh, let me give out my personal cell phone number. It's 705-994-5633. And email is lauren at laurenkenny.ca. Lauren Kennedy, candidate for the Liberal Party of Canada, running for Member of Parliament for Simcoe Gray. Thank you for your time here on Talking the Town. My pleasure.